What's up, y'all? This is Marcus Sniffles, and this is the Cardi B fan page uh, podcast. Uh, we're back with another episode. This week, we're joined by fellow Augusta legend, the real 706 God, Miss Kiana. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Shout out to James Brown. Shout out to Pastor Troy. Um, I don't know anybody else from Augusta. <laughs> well, that's it. We, we got two. That's all I got. But they're important because Pastor Troy gave us uh, no more playing GA in life. So that nigga's a legend. And are, we giving, are we gonna give Pastor Troy credit for crump music, or is that the little John? We should. This nigga said if heaven was hell, vice versa. That's all I ever needed to hear. James Brown is basically takeoff, but like before takeoff. Okay, I hear you. All right, so James Brown is an honorary amigo, honestly. <laughs> James Brown is uh, probably one of the first rappers out there. He is the amigo. Like, talk to James Brown nice. That nigga is a forefather. Shout yes. out to James Brown. He goes on my Mount Rushmore, which is why Michael Jackson is not on there. But we're not. This no, is we're not, not talking about that. This is not. This is not a Michael Jackson slander podcast. I would never slander uh, someone that was so beloved by the children. Anyway, this week what we're going to talk about. Uh, we're, we're going to talk about this kid named Seth. If you don't know who Seth, Seth is, we will explain that to you. Uh, we're going to talk about Lil Nas X, who is brand new to the scene, a, a rising country star for some people. And, of course, we're going to talk about Cardi B, our favorite rapper on this podcast, our favorite personality, the person we love talking about the most. But before we get to that, we just want to shout out to uh, Street Wolf, who is who does the production for the uh, the podcast. We're also part of the uh, Kids Work Crowds Collective, so you can uh, check us out there. Um, Two Dope Smarts, that podcast is part of that uh, that crew over there. Uh, the Reduce Lunch Podcast, you can check them out. Dirty Foundation Report for all you Falcons fans out there that think Matt Ryan is the top two quarterback. Listen to that podcast. Um, there's also the Interstellar podcast, which is a uh, pop culture and astrology podcast. So if you like any of those two things, you should definitely check that out. And um, also, if you're into tea, drink Trill Tea. Even if you're not into tea, it just tastes good. It's a good drink to have. So check them out. Also, Ki- Kiana, uh, when, when can we check out uh, Between the Lines? When is that coming back? Man, let me tell you something. So, uh-huh. like, uh-huh. I, I'm I'm currently a second-year grad student, right? There we go. And so, like, niggas wait till you get to the very end of your grad school journey and be like, we actually would like to hear some research from you. And I'm like, why? I'm never going to research things again. So who knows when Between the Lines is going to come back. I will be on the Grind Hours podcast. Uh, so make sure you follow me on Twitter at underscore RevRun, R-E-V-R-U-N. I'll be on the Grind Hours podcast sometime this week. Um, so uh, when that link comes out, I'll make sure I post it. People still want to hear my opinions, and I'm still, you know, I don't do anything else, so I'm willing to give them. <laughs> hey, we all got hot takes. We all just want to be heard. So Scorching. Shout out to Zion yeah. Williamson. <laughs> oh, oh, that hurts. Okay. It's worst so, day of my life. So let, let's let's talk about this uh, this Cardi B thing. People are trying to compare Cardi B to Bill Cosby right now, and uh, she's she's now the apparently she's the female face of the me too movement so if you haven't heard what's been going on with her i guess two or three years ago 
Cardi B was on Instagram Live doing what she does, you know, ranting and not, I want to say ranting and raving, but she was pretty much venting about her life as a stripper and how hard that, that life is and the lifestyle, how dangerous it can be or, or whatnot. And she just threw in there like, yeah, you know, you know, people that come to strip clubs will say like, hey, I want to have sex with you. How much does it cost? And she'll be like, yeah, you can pay me this amount of money. Meet me at the hotel somewhere. And these guys would show up. She would drug their drinks. They would pass out and she would rob them and leave. Now, people are taking that and saying, yo, what's what's the difference between what Cardi B is doing and what Bill Cosby got arrested for? So before we get into that, just what were your initial initial thoughts when you when you heard this this Cardi B story? It's so wild how like one, I'll say, I really wish Cardi B would not. And I know that happened three years ago. I think she said the live was from three years ago, but I just wish like Cardi B would just not anymore. I don't I want her to just make music. She um she just hasn't mastered being uh able to be a public figure and be an artist. And so I just would like someone to advise her to stop. But I mean, it just seems like from, first of all, rape and robbery are not the same. I think we can all uh, agree on that. I, I agree with that. What she did was wrong. Incapacitating somebody and robbing them is wrong, but it's not comparable to rape. Um, and I think a lot of the people who were uh, with the hashtags, the surviving Cardi B, I think those are just a bunch of people that, um, that are looking for a reason to invalidate people's stories and just use this as their end. Um, Cardi, it could have been fucking Hillary Duff and they would have just, they would have, they would have latched onto it. Those are just people that are looking for an end. So when I heard about it, I was like, one Cardi B unfortunately has said something that could potentially damage her. We all know nobody gets canceled for real. Cancel culture doesn't exist. There's so many people that are supposed to be getting canceled and they're still thriving. Chris Brown's supposed to get canceled like 77 times. That nigga's still making 55 song albums. Um, <laughs> niggas is still streaming Daniel Caesar. I know a couple people that are still listening to Bump and Grind. Like nobody gets canceled. Issa's show is, is thriving right now. She's in three, four movies. Nobody gets canceled. So I think Cardi B will be all right. But I think the overarching thing is why are people so quick to attach this to a movement that has nothing to do with it. Is it because you are just trying looking to invalidate stories or are you like, I'm not really understanding the rush to do to to the the hashtag? Yeah, it just seems to me that people don't really know what the what the Me Too movement is about, or I guess they assume that because these men were or allegedly these men were drugged that they were, you know, raped or anything like that. And and someone asked me, they were just like, yo, because Cardi B admitted to these things should she be punished for this and, and my initial response was like i mean you gotta you gotta have a victim first if any if unless some of these men start popping up and saying like yo i was one of the guys she drugged and robbed then this is just you know a a, a speed bump in the rising career of cardi b so i i didn't really think much of it but then i i looked on i was sent something from facebook which I'm not on Facebook anymore, but I was- Nobody should be on Facebook. Facebook is like where dreams go to die. So someone was saying, someone got on Facebook saying that they were one of the people who were victimized by Cardi B. Apparently they went out to the strip club 
they went to, you know, go back to the hotel room. You know, she pretty much, he passed out after a couple of drinks. He woke up, his jewelry and money was gone. The phone number she gave him was a fake one. And he didn't say anything because I guess he was engaged at the time. So I was kind of like, oh shit, like, I, I don't, this, is, this isn't gonna get Cardi B canceled, but I mean, this could be enough for Cardi B to maybe, you know, be an investigation to be opened up. Maybe she ends up in jail, whatever, whatever, because this isn't uh, Gangster Bitch Volume 1 mixtape era Cardi B. This is America's Sweetheart mm-hmm. Cardi B. This is the number one rapper in the world, Grammy-nominated, Grammy winner, like Super Bowl commercial starring. This Cardi B is a big deal. Like, this isn't she she has grown a, she has grown outside of just the sphere of hip-hop and, and our culture she's a worldwide phenomenon you know she's i don't want to say she's like beyonce or something like that but she's she's a big deal you know what i'm saying so when i first saw that message i was like damn maybe maybe they might have a case but turns out this dude was just out here clock chasing and it was yeah like, i was just about to say he was just being a dick <laughs> Like, bro, like, and that, and that's the that's the most annoying thing about the whole thing because if you look at the bottom of his note, and I'll I'll try to tweet it out from the uh, from the community uh, Twitter page. He even used the hashtag Me Too, so you can just off of that. It's like, bro, what are you doing? Like, you're out here making it harder for actual male victims of not sexual assault, but of being drugged and you know whatever. You're making it hard for them. To be able to come out and speak their truth because you're out here lying you're not helping anybody you're making things worse yeah and it that goes just back again to like are you looking to what is this rush to invalidate stories because using that ha- that hashtag has like a very specific meaning and it is very specific to a group of people that have been um affected by very serious things and here you are making a joke of it and now it's like People take things from the internet and run with it. So now it's running rampant on Twitter like, oh, Cardi B did do these things, blah, 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 just for him to be like, oh, no, nah, I was just fucking around. And so now it, it looks dumb and your your crap has been intermingled or interwoven within this narrative. When it And now actual facts of what has happened have been stretched and been changed and nothing is the truth anymore outside of drugs. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty annoying. Um, it's just all this mess just gets caught up and people, people tend to pay attention more to the noise and the actual facts and the actual real things that matter. They just want to spend time, you know, just going through the, the, the muck of, well, well, is, is, is Cardi B, Bill Cosby? I don't see the difference. They're both drug people. It's like, and I also think that's just the. Twitter culture and just social media culture in general is like, what what bullshit can I say to get the most attention? It doesn't matter if I if I agree with it or if it's something that I truly believe. I just want to see what type of bullshit is going to give me interactions because interactions translate into some form of self worth for people. Mm-hmm. It's just throwing stuff at the mud or throwing mud at the wall, seeing what sticks. It's like, just- it's so weird. People, they'll say they will literally say anything, and when we get to the end of this podcast, you'll kind of understand the uh, the frustration that comes with that. But 
And let us know what you think about Cardi B. Is Cardi B going to be hashtag canceled, quote unquote canceled? She'll be, I mean, we'll, we'll literally be done with this by Tuesday. Like, I'd like to Tuesday, cancel whoever put that wig over her ears in the Please Me video. But. God damn. Damn. You know, I've, <laughs> I actually, I like that song, but if we're going to be honest, Cardi B is the worst part of that song. She, look. <laughs> this is a part of a larger conversation about female rap, but just like, now that all these other ladies are coming through, I'm really like, I don't know if Cardi is like that chick. She's she's a fashion girl. She's very entertaining. I love to, to see her and see her antics. But as far as the, the technical aspect of rap, I don't know if she's that girl. <laughs> I, don't, I honestly don't think she's ever been that. I think she's she's been she's been hot. She has a personality. She's been packaged immaculately. And the production, the features, everything that she's done around her has been great. But like you said, there's a lot of other up and coming, and I don't want to say up and coming because some of them have been rapping before Cardi B, and they're actually really good. Um, I mean, Tribbles has been saying this since 2018. Like female rappers are they're coming, and oh yeah, I I think I think Cardi B is gonna have a a pretty long reign depending on how her second album does. But it's not going to be this thing where people are going to be like, oh, she's the best female rapper out there. I don't even think people are saying about her, saying that about her now. Um, just real quick, out of all the, the up-and-coming female rappers, we got, you know, Megan Thee Stallion's bro blowing up. Uh, I Dreezy's love out there. Rico Nasty. Uh, no Name. Cupcake. Um, who am I missing? Like Cash Shout Dolls, out to Lee. Lizzo. Sierra Wack, Lizzo, um, yeah. Queen Key, Malibu who, Mitch, Tokyo Jets. I can go on for days. <laughs> who, who's the Who's the one female artist that you're? Who, if you were to tell somebody like, "Hey, you need to buy some stock into this female rapper," who Who, who would it be right now? Man, that's tough. Um, fuck, I don't know. I would say, you know what? Who like sometimes gets left out of these conversations would be Dreezy. Um, yes. Yes. Dreezy is like. She, she comes with uh, she she comes with some heat. Like Dreezy is very good at going in and out of what people consider consider stereotypical uh, female rap to where it's very pretty, but then she can also come with some really hard shit. And I love that duality. So I love Dreezy. Of course, Megan. I only make I don't make a lot of money, but I would give Megan at least sixty percent of my annual salary. Like I love Megan. Um, Rico, I love Rico's alternative style of rap. Like she's very like punk rock rap. Mm -hmm. She's uh, like visually appealing when you see her. Her 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 delivery is amazing. I didn't um, realize how young she was. She was like twenty one. Yeah, she's not that old at all. Tokyo Jets was... is amazing if you want to get real ratchet. If you want to hear some like real high girl shit from like down south, like Georgia South. Um, I think she she runs with Hustle Gang, so you can definitely hear that influence in her. But if I had to choose right now, if, I, if somebody said, who would you point me in the direction to? I would say Dreezy. Yeah, I, I actually agree. I'm not, I actually think Dreezy is probably the, she's probably top, top two rapper out of all of the uh, the female ones. And if I if I had to really sit down and, and make a list of all the, the rappers between the ages of like all the rappers under maybe 28, I, she's probably making it into the top five, honestly. Like she's yeah, I love her rapper. style and delivery. Like, I could listen to Dreezy all day. Yeah. Um, 
but I, but if I was to actually, you know, buy stock in a rapper, it would be Megan Thee Stallion because she is blowing up, like blowing up big I time. Love Megan. I can't. I want to see her in person. Like, I want to climb. I don't think you. Time. I don't think you do because I feel like you're gonna lose a lot of time and money, and you're gonna end up heartbroken. Like, do you want I, those problems? I love her. I'll risk it. You want to risk it all? Okay. All of things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you and me both. So let's let's move on. Let's talk about um, this up and coming viral sensation, uh, Lil Nas X. Now, from from what I understand, this kid is signed to a label, uh, and I, I I might be wrong, but I don't think he has any other songs. But the song that he does have is called Old Town Road. And it is currently like the number one song in the world. It was the number one song on the country billboard charts. But because it wasn't, let me, you know what? Let me pull up what exactly they said, because I don't want to misrepresent what they said. Because, um, like I said, this Old Town Road song got all the way up to number one on the country charts and they decided to take it down. Um, and you, have you heard the song? So I've heard about maybe a minute or so of it. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> I thought it was a country song. You know, I I don't know what white people's monopoly on the on the genre is considering that they stole the genre, but that's a different conversation for Oh, that's all. We're going to get into that a little bit. We're going to get into that a little bit. So Bill, according to, I guess, um, a statement released to Rolling Stone about the Old Town Road song. It says, upon further review, it was determined that Old Town Road by Lil Nas X does not currently merit inclusion on Billboard's country charts. When determining genres, a few factors are examined, but first and foremost is musical composition. While Old Town Road incorporates references to country and cowboy imagery, it does not embrace enough elements of today's country music to chart in its current version. So that's that's what they're saying. It, it it does not embrace enough elements of today's country music to chart. But see, the the way I think about that is so if that doesn't embrace enough elements of today's country music, and then Beyonce's Daddy Lessons, which is like a country record mm. from a woman that is from Houston, Texas. Talk about it. <laughs> That is a country <laughs> record, which like had had been completely blackballed at the Country Music Awards. Which who even watched that? I guess the Trump administration keeps that going. No, no, but they she she did perform that there. She performed, and literally the next day, when I was at my very terrible job, I they my boss played conservative radio, and they talked about how disrespectful it was for her to one bring the Dixie Chicks, which country music fans have long written off to bring the Dixie Chicks and then they had such a problem with her dress and then, oh, this isn't country music. But all of that aside, what are the elements of country music? Because I saw somebody on Twitter, I wish I could give them their credit, I don't remember who that, that person's name was. Um, but, so if they don't embody the, the elements of country music, then Post Malone doesn't embody the elements of hip hop and neither does Miley Cyrus who make bangers and neither does half these other Macklemore is more pop than hip hop. I don't understand how he won best hip hop album at the Grammys that year. Like, who, what, what are the elements of these genres that are so clearly defined to where this little, this young man making Old Town, I don't even know what the name, Old Town Road or something like that? 
Old Town Road. Grammy. It's going to be Grammy nominated. It better be. That's it, it sounds like a country song. Like, I don't. I don't like. We, what are the elements talk, that are missing? Whiteness? When they talk about the elements. Uh, <laughs> when they talk about the elements, like, there's a, there's a bit of a guitar in there. When we talk about the. It's a country like, cadence. It's a country yeah. story. Because country music notoriously tells stories in that manner. Like, I don't understand what talking the elements about, you that know, are missing. Heartbreak. Talking about drinking, talking about his tractor, talking That's about a horse, all his of- black his black cowboy hat. What else does he need to put in there? Does he need to throw a nigger in there? Like what else? It basically he- was a Jason it- Aldean song with a trappy. Like I don't understand. <laughs> and I mean, the, the it was like there was some heavy bass to it. It was a the beat was a little bit trappy, but there was still some country element. There was enough country elements in it to be like, all right, is this a country song or a rap song? You know what I'm saying? Like there. Where, where's it sounds the line? like this is how we roll by Florida Georgia Line. Like it's it's this it's a comparable song, which that's considered a country song. So I don't understand how this is not like. Yeah, it well, just makes me think the only element missing is being a white man. I mean, I I can understand say because because like I said, Lil Nas X, I don't know exactly what he does. It seems like he's just a social media personality, and maybe he makes little viral videos. And this one kind of blew up. And maybe if you're part of the country music establishment, you look at that and you say, hey, this guy is making a mockery of what our music represents. He's making a mockery of our culture. And we don't appreciate it. So we're going to take him off of our charts. But like you said, that didn't stop Miley Cyrus and Post Malone from climbing the, the hip hop charts. So it's like, Y'all don't have an issue with other people disrespecting other cultures, but you don't want them to quote unquote disrespect yours. You know, there was, I saw, I, in, I recently saw a video of this news channel that was trying to be, I don't know what they were doing, but they were using all types of slang when discussing the weather and what the traffic was. And it was, it was pretty hard to watch. And I was like, it can't be this. Like y'all are just literally making fun of urban culture. Yeah, and that's all fun and games, but take Lil Nas X off the top of the, the country charts. And if we're going to be honest, it kind of feels like they're being a little bit insecure because you don't you don't you don't want, quote unquote, your genre taken over by others. Yeah, you know it, it seems like, like a, a not maybe not a fear. It could be, I guess, rooted in fear, but just like a a rush to be like, this is ours and we don't really want to accept you. Cause he, it probably, I honestly think it doesn't matter what the song would have sounded like. It could have been a direct rip off, off of some, some, some Kenny Chesney or something. It could have just been that direct thing and they probably still wouldn't have, wouldn't have accepted it. But shout out to the Atlanta Hawks for, uh, Celebrating a young man and having them come to the come to the game and, and perform. Ooh, so I bet they were mad. I bet they were mad. Oh yeah, you know conservatives. Ooh. They still they still attend Atlanta sporting events. This is a very black city, but also like still very conservative. A lot of black ticket hold or white ticket holders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they won't if they won't let you know Beyonce's Daddy Lessons get nominated for in the in the country category for Grammys, and they're definitely not going to let this guy you know be on top of the charts, which I, I honestly, I think it's a it's a fear. 
you know, me personally, and I tweeted this like maybe two years ago, I want Beyonce to put out a full length country album. I want her to I do too. it because I know if she did it, it'd be great. I'm it ready be... to get my yeehaws. <laughs> Yee to the hall. Come I'm on, ready. <laughs> I got my boots. I got my cowboy hat. I got my spurs on. I'll get a horse. I'll learn to ride. Like, no, I'm not going it. that far, but I'll definitely. <laughs> I might it, drink like a natty ice or something. Because you know if it were to happen, you know if it were to happen, it would be probably the greatest country song of all or the greatest country album of all time. They wouldn't know what to do with it. Because at the end of the day, country music is black music too. Right. Like we're, we're not gonna sit here and act like Ray Charles didn't exist. Like, like, like he wasn't killing shit back then. That's a like I said, that's a different conversation because when we really get to the history of all this music shit, like we have been interwoven into the hit to into the very foundations of every genre that exists even like things you wouldn't even expect us to be part of like house and electronic music like mm -hmm. we've been part of everything and yet we they notoriously try to push us out of things that we've created as if it's weird that black people would like country music but it <laughs> off of that for a little bit if you actually want to support like people of color that do country music, they, they, they are out there. Like Lil Nas X, whether he's trolling or if he's actually an artist or whatever, like that's beside the point. But there's artists like Jimmy Allen, Kane Brown, I think uh, L put me on to him, and Nikki Guyton. I don't know if, if I'm saying her name right, but I actually listen to her, some of her stuff. Her shit goes like, I'm not super into country music, but I know it'd be a country song when I hear it, and her shit is great. Like, so so check out some of that. Check out some of those those artists that are actually the the black people that are trying to get a foot in the door of country music. Because when I when I read a, uh, the uh, the story about uh, Mickey, a part stood out to me when they were just like, you know, Mickey's trying to get her foot in the door. But it's 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 difficult because of her. She has to, you know, go through. Um, uh, it's going to be difficult for her to get a foot in the door. And there's a part of me that's like, well, why is it going to be difficult for her to get a foot in the door? What is it about her that makes it difficult for her to break into that genre? Because I listen to her. Her voice is she has a great voice, like mm -hmm. legit great singing voice. She sounds like a country artist. The music and production sounds country. Her story, like she has country songs. So why was it so hard for her to break into that genre? And there's only one thing that really would make it hard for a black woman to make it into country music. And it's it's not her singing ability, it's not her songwriting, it's not the production, it's all about her skin color, essentially. And that doesn't happen in and at least I can speak for it doesn't happen in rap. Like it wasn't it wasn't hard for people to accept Eminem as a rapper because his his rhymes were dope. He had a dope production, had cosigns, he proved himself, and we were like, yo, this is the guy. He's shown what he could do. Mac Miller, same thing. He his songs were great, his rapping was great, his song selection was great. People co-signed them, no problems. But this young lady has a problem breaking into country music. Like, what are, what are we really doing here? And I think it's because hip hop has always been rooted in individuality. 
and rooted in like the sport of it. And so if you good, you good. It don't matter what you look like. Like, but yeah. a lot of other genres have kind of morphed into this um, very um, specific look and the aesthetic of it. And if you don't fit that aesthetic, then you just don't fit in. And hip hop has never been like that. Some people think that it should be. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I think if you got it, you got it. But I don't agree with like somebody like Post Malone who has openly said like hip hop is uh, an art form that isn't really art. Like you can't sit and cry to some hip hop. Like basically using it as a tool to further themselves. That is terrible. Like or Miley Cyrus who spent two years of her life in flight Jordans and a, a throwback Michael Jordan jersey and then out she tried to get back with her ex-boyfriend and was like oh hip-hop is just it's just so detrimental and all they do is talk about like girl you were just trying to be a part of the culture and you exactly. every time you need every time you need a revitalization you try to get back in touch with the culture like I don't like that but the communal spirit of hip-hop I don't mind and I wish other genres would um, embrace that as well it is annoying when when people try to co-sign artists like that by just continuously trying to give them production and features and co-signs. It's like Post Malone. Like every time I hear that, I'm just like, oh, it makes my it makes my skin crawl. I don't know. And how. he needs a bath. Clearly, you know, like I can smell him through my earphones. It's, it's embarrassing. It's but I mean, if we're gonna, I mean, just if you're listening to this, just Google Hick. Google that and look and, and go down a YouTube rabbit hole of that, of what that genre of music is and tell me who's, you know, being respectful or disrespectful to one another's culture. And it also, if you listen, I, I think we should try to, I don't want to say like get back to our roots and, you know, listen to country music, but let's try to support these artists. Let's try to support Jimmy Allen and Kane Brown and Mickey Guyton. Let's, let's see if we can, like, just, just give them a listen. If you like it, then you know try to support them. If you don't, at least you gave them a, a, a try. But let's try to support you know black artists trying to branch out to uh, other genres, and let's let's get the the post Malones and the Miley Cyruses out here because because before because before you know it before you know it the culture will be ran by little kids like Seth. Now, y'all might be wondering. Who is Seth? Well, Seth is a is a young as a young lad who uh, went viral for doing urban dances at a basketball game, and uh, now he does quote unquote viral videos for rappers for urban songs R and B. Um, he's been co-signed by the likes of Chris Brown and Lil Yachty, Rich the Kid, A Boogie, and even. Um, record labels like Atlantic and Def Jam have kind of taken a little bit of notice and sniffed around him a little bit. And apparently for a thousand dollars, he will do a, a viral dance for your song. And there's a, reportedly labels out there paying him six figures to do this. Now, you might be wondering, why is this kid getting paid to do this while other kids do this type of stuff and don't get paid. What is the difference between Seth and all these other kids? Well, from my understanding, Seth is white and Seth has lawyers, <laughs> apparently. Like, I don't know. 
I, like I watched his videos. The videos are not lit at all. They're okay. They're, I've seen way better dances, way more creativity from young black kids doing better dances than this kid. And he's he seems to be the only one getting paid for it. And it's this is something that I've talked about before. I talked about it like on the when we were talking about uh, Fortnite, the the people that are doing dances that go viral, that get picked up, or or kids, you know, using new slang or urban vernacular that gets picked up by the mainstream. Like we've got to start uh, trademarking our stuff and and monetizing this stuff because if you don't, the other people will, and they're gonna be in control of what becomes popular, what's cool, and they deter they. They write history for you. It's just, I, you brought up a point about him having lawyers, and I think that's true. I think the difference between Seth and the, any other kid that's doing a wall on a TikTok account, is that what the kids call it, a TikTok? I hope so. Yeah, that's on what their, he was using. On their TikTok account, it's just access to things. Seth had access to, to legal counsel that's like, hey, we can monetize this. Which is unfortunate because there's plenty of kids that got some great production value on these websites. I just seen some kids dancing in a parking lot and they had like some graphic elements. I was like, that shit is dope. Like I I wish they could get put on like a kid like Seth, who was like mediocre at best. And that's no disrespect to the little kid, but like I've seen better dancers. <laughs> and so and just it goes back to like the, the powers that be wanting to have the spirit of the culture, but not really wanting the culture to represent the culture, if that makes sense. Like, we want to have the elements, but we also want to have a marketable face to the elements. It's, and so we can't really, they don't think that they can do that with a, a little black girl that's been hitting them folks in her living room for the past six months. They, they would rather do it with this little redhead kid who's a little bit uh, easier to sell to to white parents in the suburbs who otherwise wouldn't understand what their kids was doing. Yeah, it, it's just it is frustrating to see um, other people profit off of a culture that doesn't belong to them, while other kids are criminalized for it and you know told to stop acting ghetto. But you know, culture is it's the same thing with Lil Nas X. You know we. We do it better, but it just seems to be, I don't want to say there's like a glass ceiling, but it just seems like there's always a roadblock to when we're doing something as good or if not better than other people who are getting paid for it. And it, it's annoying to see. I'm not going to lie. I, I was frustrated when I, when I saw that. And like I said, I, I would encourage all these, all these young kids, all these YouTubers, kids on Twitter, Instagram, uh, influencers, if you, if you can, like try to trademark this stuff, try to find some representation, try to find people that'll have your best interests in mind to try to get some money in your pockets for doing, like imagine getting paid to do something that you would do for free anyway. Like you love dancing, you love coming up with these cool words and slang, why not get paid for it? So that's that's my only, that's my only, you know, I guess wish is that, um, that were to happen more often. Like I, I want to see more, more you know, black kids on Ellen doing these these popular dances instead of seeing Trevor and Seth and you know the other the other uh, the other kids. I, know <laughs> I guess we're back on the the racist podcast stuff. But off of that, 
I have an, I have an issue. Okay, I don't I don't I, I feel like I'm the only one on this podcast that watches this particular show. Oh. Uh, it's on NBC. It's called This Is Us. It's about a. It's about it's a it's a lot. It's about a it's a story of a family. This uh, husband wife, they're pregnant with triplets. They go to the hospital. One of the and all this is in the first episode, so this is not a spoiler. Uh, one of the triplets dies, but then there's another intertwining story where a black man has his son born on the same day, drops said baby off at the hospital. The uh, white family adopts the black baby, and the story, the, the show is about their life growing up, and then it's kind of flash forwards and shows the life of the three kids growing up. And it's just a bunch of intertwining stories. And for me, I I think it's a great show. It pretty much got me hooked from the first episode. Um, one of the one of the things that that makes the show great for me is that on the very first episode, they let you know who is going to die. Like they tell you, episode one, this person and this person, they are going to die. And not even the next, like, eight or nine episodes later, sometimes even the next season, when that person does die, the person that you knew that was going to die for the entire season, when they actually die, it makes you cry still. Yeah. That's why, that's what I knew. I was like, oh, this show's, this show's legit. This show's legit. Like, I, the very first episode, they told you, like, yo, I got a, my fucking liver is about to blow up. Like I ain't got, I got about a year to go. And when that, when this person died, I cried like a baby. <laughs> I was just like, what the hell? So I'm, I'm starting to have an issue with the show. Now, if you, if you don't watch the show, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna try not to spoil anything, but. It's like three seasons in though. Yeah, it, it is. But I mean, it's it's a, it's really about the last episode that that I just watched. The, the last two episodes, honestly. Oh, with R and B. R and B. Okay. My faves. My that problematic is faves. Problematic. What I mean, after I guess after that episode, I guess I can see where you're coming from. But for the first three seasons, that was the only couple that I actually liked. That was like, yo, this is. This is it. They're, they're a great couple. They're a great team. They were like, if there was a power ranking of couples, they were number one. And now all of a sudden, these last two episodes, it's starting. I'm starting to see cracks. I'm starting to see things ain't as good as I thought they were. Cause My little trouble in paradise. Like, I can't deal with this. I can't not. I've, I've gone. I'm. This is personal for me. I've gone through a lot watching this show. I've gone through a lot. Emotionally, I've gone through a lot of things. And if you're going to end R&B, no, don't do that. I can't I, handle that. I think you should prepare that. for it, though. What? I think you should. So, yeah, I I binged This Is Us. Uh, it took me about two weeks to get through all three seasons and catch up. So just like... Red, this is no. I'm trying to make this as spoiler free as possible, even though it's impossible to spoil a show that's been on for three seasons. But Kate is very melodramatic, and she really grinds my gears, burns my biscuits. Kevin needs a therapist. 
like ASAP. I try to sympathize with Kevin, but it just doesn't work. Um, but to R&B, I don't know, man. I think we're seeing the beginning of the end, honestly. I don't know if um, if if R&B will last too much longer. And they both have... See, some. I thought I was going to go in and be like, I am on Beth's side, whatever Beth says goes, because I love Beth. But I just... They both have issues that neither one of them are willing to concede. Yeah. I mean, and they, and they both have a point, too, with their... Exactly. They're both the right and wrong. Yeah, they both, they both, like, they're both right. Because but Randall does push himself on Beth, and he has a hard time allowing her to make her own decisions. But on the flip side, Beth will assert herself, and as soon as Randall even begins to sh show discomfort, she'll pull back instead of continuing her thought. Like, so he pushes, but she allows him to push until she is buried under pressure. Then she explodes, and then she just lets it continue when they really need to, like, have a conversation. Because Randall really goes all in. Like, whatever Randall wants to do, everybody's expected to be on board with it. And it's, and it's usually random things, too. It's, it's never nothing part of the plan. It's never something that was in line with what they were doing or where their life was heading, something will happen to him. And he's just like, you know what? I'm going to buy this building and we're going right. to own this building. I'm going to run for, you know, I'm going to just do this stuff. And it's just like, yo, we had, we had plans. We had a goals. We had a, we were on a track to do things. And right. he's been doing this for like 20 years. And now it's getting to the point where Beth is like, yo, this, this has got to stop. Like, right. And she is, she has put her foot down and I get it, but out of all the couples, like. Yeah, it sucks. Cause I had like, <laughs> I had very high hopes for Beth and Randall. Um, and they've shown us in like a couple of flash forwards of like where their, it's ambiguous to where their relationship is. So we nervous. don't know. Yeah. We don't know what goes on. Like there are some maybe hints to where he like refers to, he's talking to their daughter and says, have you called your mother instead of referring to her as, you know, have you called mom or have you called my wife? Or like, so there are some hints to that. We don't really know. People have been trying to say, oh, well, she's not wearing a ring and he is, but I had, these are things I haven't noticed, but I don't know, man. They've already said this is us has a finite ending. I think there's six seasons that they, they're going to do. Oh, um, really? Okay. I, so, I, I, actually, I can appreciate that. I appreciate a yeah. show that has an ending in mind. Right. So I don't know. I hope R&B survives. I, I love them as a couple, but they definitely, and it just goes back to show like, like the couple goals and, oh, these people are so perfect and like, they're really going at it behind closed doors. And it's not like yeah. they were constantly arguing with each other, but issues do arise when you like are in a relationship with somebody. Yeah, no relationship was perfect. And I'm I'm in the same boat with you with like Kate and Toby. Like I'm over them. Like just yeah. I get it. Like, whatever. Just go. Like, don't make everything such a big deal because it's not. Kate cries about everything. And she thinks she's the only person that lost something in this whole ordeal. And I hate it. You're not the only one. There were two other. There's three other people there. You know what I'm saying, and I, I, and I almost feel like, and I guess this is gonna be a This Is Us podcast. I almost feel like her issues aren't as bad as like Kevin's. Like Kevin's got some deep rooted right. real shit going Kevin on. Kevin needs life. to like see somebody. Kate's just like holding yeah. on. Yeah, she's just. Like, <laughs> I hate to. I don't know. I hate to rag on her because like she has been through things. 
And like she does have some, but things are looking up for her aside from like these last couple episodes. Um, but even with that, things are looking up for her and she just refuses to let go of some of the like baggage. Whereas they all really need to rally around their brother who's like crumbling in front of their eyes. Yeah, he is literally falling apart. It's 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 tough to watch what, what he's going through. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying the show. The next or this Tuesday is the, uh, the season finale. So uh, I feel like I will be crying. How many how many episodes have you cried on? Who let's see. There was pretty sure I cried on the episode where, you know, a specific character dies, even though like you said, we always knew it was gonna happen. I was like super sad about that. Um another character dies. Probably one of the two you were talking about. That was yes. hard. Um I cried from the very beginning of that one. Um the episode that is very Beth centric. I cried. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. There has to be one more episode I cried. I feel like I cried on and off. But those I, are like the three that stick out in my mind. Yeah, I, I, I feel like everybody did for the first the first two deaths that they tell you episode one. I think everybody cried on, on those two because I know I did. Um, there was a, There's a third one in there. I can't think of it, honestly. I don't know, but there was definitely a third time. But this—it's a very emotional show. If you're, if you're one of those people that doesn't want to, you know, show your emotions or whatnot, then then watch the show by yourself. But you know, sometimes it's good to get a good crowd there. Sometimes it makes you feel better. It's healthy for you. So it does. that's definitely that's definitely a show that, and they will they will try to get you. They are in- intentionally trying to get you to cry every episode. And, and things you think you might cry that. at, you might not cry at, but then there are like other moments where you'd be like, oh shit, that's kind of sad. Yeah, but then, then, then there's some things that are like just super personal to you to where you right. relate to them that maybe wasn't that big of a deal in the show, but to you personally, you're just like, oh shit, they got me. They, they see right. right through me. They can see me. They see what I'm going through. So. If you're not watching This Is Us, I would recommend it. It's actually, it's a, it's a great show. It's a great show. I, I will say that. But uh, speaking of greatness, Avengers Endgame will be out. At the time of recording this, it will be out in 26 days. Now, for some reason, they have yet to release pre-orders for tickets, which, Marvel, what are you doing? Like, I'm ready to, I'm ready. My money is here. I have it. Do you want it or or not? Because I have it. Like, it's please it's let yours me. if you want it. So whenever you want it, just let me know and I will send my money to you. But something that they did release was the the runtime for this movie. Now, <laughs> apparently Avengers Endgame is going to be three hours plus. That's That's a long movie. That's essentially two movies put together. I've... Lord of the Rings. Yeah, is that how long those movies are? Lord of the Rings, well, I don't know because, you know, I think Lord of the Rings is extremely and, like, unequivocally boring. I don't understand how people <laughs> say watch them. But I think that the runtime for at least one Lord of the Rings movie is three hours. Wow. Yeah, I think the only movie that, I, that I've seen that was three hours was probably, like, The Godfather. I think maybe Scarface was three hours, but... What what kind of what kind of advice can we give to people about going to see uh, Endgame? As far as how do you how do you prepare to sit through something that's 
three hours long. So just to confirm, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring is three hours and 48 minutes. Jesus Christ. That is a long time. What the (laughs) fuck? What were they doing? Did they write the book in the movie? I again, I think those movies are incredibly boring. So oh three hours gosh. and forty-eight minutes is extremely long to me. But to prepare for Endgame, I mean, I feel like Endgame is a movie that you cannot be a casual fan fan of the Marvel Universe and go see. Like you can't have seen the first Avenger and maybe like the first Avengers movie, um, and and Black Panther and think you're going to go sit in Endgame and be okay because you're going to get bored. Sorry, like this movie is going to be a lot of um, wrapping up. There's going to be a lot of things that we don't have time to explain in three hours because it's, I think that it's going to be full throttle from the moment it starts. There are a lot of things that have to be tied up so that the end of phase three of Marvel's cinematic universe can be, you know, complete um, and finite. So I wouldn't recommend if you're a casual fan to go see it in the theater or if you do go see it i would not recommend going to see it opening weekend because nobody's good i every freaking movie i've seen since black panther has had somebody sitting behind me asking and so many questions i don't want to hear that for endgame please don't ask worst. the absolute worst so i don't recommend casual fans going to go see it right now uh b for me, I know that I'm not planning to eat or drink during the movie because I refuse to get up. Um, I don't want to miss a second of anything that's going to happen. Three hours is a super long time, but I mean, not when I'm trying to to see the fate of the universe, if you if you uh, just so to speak. So, I would say, make sure you're prepared to sit for three hours. Don't go if you're a casual fan, at least not for the opening weekend. And see it multiple times. Marvel movies are made for multiple viewings. Um, just because you, when I go in, I watch for the initial like story, and then I'll go back and I'll see how these things tie in. So the the rewatch yeah, the rewatchability for Marvel movies is actually very high. Like I I went back and watched uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. I went back and watched Captain America: Civil War. Those movies, when you when you when you rewatch these older movies, knowing what is happening after, like when you realize, right. okay, so this ties into Infinity War, or this ties into to Captain Marvel, or or Black Panther, or whatever. Right? When you realize the the links to all these other movies, that's what makes it better. Like that's kind of what made, I, I'd say, after Avengers: Age of Ultron came out. Um, Rewatching Iron Man three was better because Iron Man three by itself wasn't great, right? But after Age of Ultron came out, you're kind of like, okay, now I see what he was going through. I see why they were building that up. They were expanding his character to build him up to that moment of creating Ultron and doing all those other things with all the the, the extra Iron Man suits and all the PTSD, all that other stuff that he was going through. So the rewatchability is is extremely high. If you were gonna Say a casual fan was to decide, like, hey, I'm just going to go check this movie out. Um, but I got, you know, a day or two to maybe watch some previous Marvel movies. What would be the top two or three movies you would recommend them to watch before seeing Endgame? I definitely would recommend seeing all the Avengers-centric movies. So, like, the initial Avengers movie, see uh, Age of Ultron. Make sure you see Infinity War. Um, I'd say 
tried to watch, let me think. I'm trying to go back through the, try to watch, if you don't have time to watch the entire movies, try to watch like mid and end credit scenes. Cause yes. they answer a lot of questions. Um, no disrespect to Black Panther, but I don't think you need to see Black Panther to be no, part of it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Black Panther is totally on its own. <laughs> I don't think you need to see any of their like solo origin stories. Maybe some Iron Man stories, um, if you want to, because I think Iron Man and like Captain America will be uh, focused. Like two of the characters that are the main focus of this, I would say go and try to watch their standalone movies, but definitely try to focus on like the Avengers movies. I think they'll answer far more questions than watching. Uh, the Black Panther or or anything to the maybe watch Civil War. Civil War has a lot of things in it that are important to this. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of like set off the events to this in terms of where heroes are on on what side. But yeah, right. I'd probably go Avengers One, Avengers Two, Ant Man and the Wasp, and um, Captain America Civil War. But if you actually, I think if you have the actual time. I think the only movies you really need to watch are the movies that have Tony Stark in it. Like you, sh- you need to watch all the Iron Man movies. You need to watch all the Avengers movies. You need to watch Captain America: Civil War and Spider Man: Homecoming because it, it, my theory is that the MCU is about Tony Stark. Like every every major plot line, everything. Everything leads and everything begins and ends with Tony Stark, in my opinion. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. the Stark family in general is like very um, integral to to this story. Like we hear about Howard Stark from the first movie we ever see. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the Stark family is very important to. Yeah, this. there's definitely a, a Tony Stark thread in every major storyline uh, for the, uh, the the current MCU. So. I mean, if you don't have the time, like I said, watch like the Avengers and Ant-Man 2 and, and Civil War. But just take the time to go back and watch all the Iron Man movies and every movie that he is a, a key player in. Because like I said, the the whole MCU revolves around him. And I'm curious to see how the MCU moves forward without him as the center of its of its universe. Because essentially that's that's who he is. He is the center of the MCU. Yeah, um, the MCU started with him. Like, yeah. he is Tony Stark's character. So Iron Man is to me. Other people may argue something different, but I think Iron Man is really the MCU owes a lot to Iron Man. A lot, so, uh, almost everything. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest, because so. if if Iron Man one fails, none yeah, of this, this other stuff happens. So yeah, and if I. If you do like, there's 26 days until Endgame, right? There's 21 movies in the in the universe. You can watch a movie a day, and I strongly true. recommend not watching them in the order that they were released, but watching them in the order mm. of the timeline because it'll mm. like, make a lot more sense if you jump in from the first Avengers, the first Avenger, uh, Captain America, first Avenger to something else, whatever the next movie that was released after that was. I don't remember the order that they were released. But it's gonna it's not gonna make as much sense as if you watch things from the moment from in, in chronological order, which means that you may have to skip around a little bit. So you'll watch the first Avenger, then you'll probably watch Captain Marvel because that that's like the next thing chronologically. But it makes a lot more sense, especially in terms of like Infinity Stones and like yeah. the introduction of Thanos. Um, those things make a lot more sense. 
definitely does. And we talked about this before, like Tony Stark is essentially the only character that, character that has any type of development and growth as a as a person or as a character or as a whatever you want to call them. Like a lot of these characters mostly stay the same, especially yeah. Captain America. Captain America, it's it's crazy how they give Captain America the best movies, but the only character development he has is growing a beard. Like Yeah, I was gonna say they tried to give him a little character development in Infinity War by making him like this making him kind of inter inter uh trying to put the the nomad character into that, but I Captain America doesn't I don't think he ever really like sees things for what they are. He's very idealistic and um, very patriotic to a fault. He doesn't have, who was it? Wanda, she lost her accent halfway through. That's probably the most character development she's gone through. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thor still, they still paint Thor out to be a very aloof idiot that just, just happens to be powerful, which I think sucks for Thor because I think he's way more than just the cute guy that's kind of kind of dumb to what goes on on Earth, but like has a, has this superhuman strength. I think they're trying to give him a little more emotional depth, but they've established him um, in a way that makes it hard for him to grow. But yeah, Tony Stark, you'll see him go from um, a playboy that doesn't really care about much to somebody who uh, really has the weight of the world on his shoulders by the time you get to Infinity War, by, by the time we get to Endgame. Yeah, I think he's gonna be, he's gonna be the key. He's gonna be the key to the whole thing. Um, but, that's that's pretty much all we had on the list. Um, I didn't I didn't want to really talk about this at the beginning because you know I didn't want this to be. I when we do this podcast, we kind of want people to somewhat be able to enjoy themselves, get a couple laughs, maybe get informed on some things, and not be you know sad and depressed. But we're not we're not gonna go through this podcast and not mention um, or, or and send our condolences to uh, Nipsey Hussle who was just killed today. Um, he got shot in front of the store in his uh, in his hometown. It's a it's a sad day. It's a sad story. Um, I will say if you're if you're a fan of his music, spend today reflecting, listening to his music, uh, appreciating what he left behind. Um, you know, just really just just taking it taking it in. Appreciate his artistry and what he did and what he left behind, you know, pray for his family, pray for his kids. Um, but also I would, I would encourage you that if you are, if you, if you are a big fan of this guy, I would encourage you to stay off Twitter for a few days and maybe not, maybe not stay off Twitter, but maybe just don't interact with people because there's, there are people out there that are looking to, um, stir the pot maybe you know try to quote unquote trigger you or gaslight you or, or whatever the case may be so just that 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 would be my 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 advice to you man like if you if you like to, if you like his music man just listen to his music appreciate it and just don't interact with everybody you're gonna see some things on there about him that you might not like or people are gonna say things that are you know, tasteless or classless or or however you feel about it, but you don't always have to respond to everybody. Yeah, I would just uh yeah. My condolences to Nipsey's family, uh his kids, uh his wife Lauren. Um yeah, just I agree. 
the internet is a, a weird place to where we're all humans, but some of us don't necessarily function in a way that is uh, compassionate. Um, and so you're going to see all manner of foolishness and utilize that black and mute feature, please. Like you don't have to keep these people on your timeline if it's damaging to you. Um, so if you, if you feel like you need to take a break, uh, reach out to people. If you weren't uh, necessarily a fan, I didn't listen to a lot of Nipsey Hussle music, but I do know that he was, um, working hard in this community. Um, and there are people that are, that really loved him, um, that really love him. And so just make sure you check on those people, uh, keep them, keep them lifted, keep his family lifted. And yeah, don't be weird on the internet during this time. This is not the time to, to, to let off your hot takes and your conspiracy theories. Um, just realize the human element that like a person is gone uh, and there's a group of people that are mourning uh, the, the loss of someone that was near and dear to their heart, whether they knew him or not. You don't have to be a fan to, to feel, um, feel the weight of his passing, so. If only, if only there weren't so many weird people on the internet and uh, keep your, keep your think pieces to yourself for just for like a day, please. Yeah, like, nobody. I don't want to wake up, I don't want to wake up tomorrow and have to see all these other think pieces about whatever, like, okay, I get it. He didn't like them or he said problematic things. Like we get it, like just leave it alone. But <sighs> anyway, Kiana, I appreciate you stopping by. Thank you. Um, on such uh, short notice. Yeah, no problem. I would like to also send my condolences to Omari Hardwick because it's oh, Jesus. Boy's, boy's a storm coming for you. So he, he, is, he has no idea. He keep that man food. in your thoughts and prayers as well. <laughs> thoughts and prayers. <laughs> anyway, uh shout out to the uh shout out to South 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 Breeze. Um he's out here thotting across the globe. Uh, shout out to Elle. She's having uh, technical difficulties. So, you know, maybe, you know, someone could slide in her DMs and try to hook her up with a laptop or something like that. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, shout out to Street Wolf, as always, for the for the production. Uh, check us out on the Kids Work Crowns. Drink Trill Tea. Uh, check out Two Dope Smarts, the Reduce Launch Podcast, the Interstellar Podcast, the Denver Nation Report podcast uh leave a uh, five-star review you know retweet this share it with your friends um interact with us add us i'm at marcus underscore sniffles uh if y'all want to interact chop it up we're always down for that um shout out shout out to everybody that's been listening anybody that's been listening who supports us shout out to y'all appreciate the support and uh we'll holla at y'all later peace Bye.